T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good Sunday morning. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. We have a packed show for you this morning. So let's get into it. Let's get things started with our first guest. It is New York State GOP Chairman Nick Langworthy. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me back, Joe. Now, Nick, lots going on, obviously, in election season and uh, these off-election years, these odd-number years, still a lot of important stuff going on. Before we get to that, uh, I'd like to know, last time we talked to you, it was right before Kathy Hochul uh, was named governor of New York. What do you think of her performance at the almost two-month mark? Well, she's doing exactly the, the kinds of things I thought she would. She's pandering to the extreme left in the state. You see... Uh, I think a lot of people in Buffalo got caught up in high hopes that she'd, you know, be a moderate common sense governor. Um, you know, there's really good rhetoric, but then what's her first decision to pick a number two, someone that's now a heartbeat away from being governor of this state. She picks one of the architects to defund the police to be the Lieutenant governor of the state. You know, Mr. Benjamin, it, it just shows that where her direction will go. She's, she's pulling a Kirsten Gillibrand. You know, she was once moderate. Now she's completely lost her way and will say and do anything to cling to the power she accidentally got her hands on. Now, let me ask, you know, looking forward to next year, the uh, the governor's race, do you think it will be Kathy Hochul running for a full term or do you think she's going to face um, a difficult primary? Well, she's going to run for a full term. Now, will she be able to make it through the primary? That's, why I think, why we see her going to the drastic left. Uh, she's terrified of Letitia James or Jumani Williams or, you know, let, let's face facts for Lieutenant Governor. She faced a primary from Jumani Williams, who is probably the most radical politician in New York State. And that's really saying something. He's the New York City public advocate now. She only beat him by about three points uh, statewide. So, you know, in a Democrat primary, it's not areas like Buffalo that drive the turnout. It's uh, the five boroughs of the city of New York have a very disproportionate voice in uh, that 62-county primary. So I think that you're going to see what was once Kathy from Buffalo is going to basically be Kathy from Brooklyn going forward. You know, looking at uh, her policies in her first two month, uh, months and the you know, COVID mandates that she is now teasing for elementary students, it, it really seems that she is just continuing on a policy level the same way that Governor Cuomo left in August. I'll, I'll be honest, she might actually have a little more of a drastic tone to uh, some of her very absolute statements about uh, mandates. 
Um, you know, I, I see what she did in, in the thing I take the most offense with is how she has treated our hospital workers. Now, these are people that, you know, in New York City, we had a parade and canyon of heroes for these frontline workers. You know, every night at a certain time, people would honk the horn and, and beep and wave for, for the hospital workers that put their lives on the line while we were going through the darkest days of COVID. They put their families in the line of jeopardy. They went to work while we stayed home. And what is Kathy Hochul's first uh, action to, you know, cast them aside and say, you're going to get this shot or you're fired. There's no test out option for them, even though for the last 19 months, these folks have every week, probably twice a week, got tested. They wear PPE. They protect themselves and their patients. And because she wants to make a political statement. These people, some of them have to choose a different career, you know, whether they're doctor or they have a conscientious objection to the vaccine. And, and I have no, I, I am vaccinated. I support the vaccine. I think, you know, President Trump put Operation Warp Speed in place to create this opportunity for, you know, the geniuses in our medical field to create this vaccine to fight this virus. But, you know, all knowing left-wing governors, you know, don't get to make these decisions for families. We do have rights in this country. And for her to trample on the rights of those hospital workers that paid such a price for us, um, I, I just find it disgusting, Joe. You know, Nick, I, like you, you know, I, I believe in the vaccine. I'm vaccinated. Uh, I, I think you can stand on the one thing, be pro-vaccine and anti-mandates. But, you know, you look at some of these politicians and the way they respond to those who, um, you know, are, are hesitant about getting the vaccine. I, I think of Kathy Hochul. I think here in Erie County, Mark Polonkars. And, and the way they respond to someone who has credible questions, it's almost this sarcastic tone. Does it surprise you like it does me that they can't see this is what's turning people off even more that are hesitant of the vaccine? I I, I think we we need to be encouraging that discouraging, not trying to divide people. You know, it's it's like the masks to some extent. You know, there's no real data anymore. I mean, even the left wing politicians are kind of squirming on whether or not they've helped anything. Because really, there's no there. You have states with loose mask restrictions. You have states like New York that had extreme mask restrictions. It, it, and, and there's not really that much of a difference. Uh, you know, if if common sense restrictions, I think the public will go along with. But this holier than thou attitude of people like Poland Kaiser Hochul, the we know better than you, Kathy Hochul standing before a church saying that people aren't listening to God because they're choosing not to get the vaccine and that she needs people to be her apostles. I mean, sounds to me like someone might have a Christ complex of their own that they should go see a therapist on if they're going to make statements like that. Uh, politicians aren't gods. They are temporary stewards of the public trust. Now, Kathy Hochul got her power in public trust accidentally, uh, not because she's earned it, because she's been thrust into it by a politician behaving badly. So um, she has a very temporary hold on this. But I, th- I, I think her tone on that was completely offensive. Uh, and there's people that have religious concerns. They have, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, their doctor has identified some reasons that they shouldn't get it. I'm not, I'm not a medical professional. I don't, I don't know what's right for everyone. I, I, I asked my doctor what was right for me and our family. And that was the decision we came to. And we got vaccinated. 
But, you know, it's it's uh, with 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 the Democrats that have so much power in this area, in this state, it's politicians know best, not yeah. professionals. You know, Nick, we're, we're seeing these mandates statewide here here in uh, Erie County. You, you can't go to a Bills or Sabres game unless you have proof of vaccine. I mean, we're seeing it so much so where it's getting national attention in Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving might have to set out the entire season because of these mandates. Uh, do you think it's going to get to a point where the mandates aren't popular even within the Democrat Party? You know, it's tough to tell, Joe. The numbers don't lie. Also, we have 85% of the public in New York State that's eligible for the vaccine's been vaccinated. So, you know, we're talking about a pretty narrow band of people in our state that have chosen not to. Now, should they be treated as second-class citizens? Absolutely not. Because I don't view them as a threat to me. I got vaccinated. I believe the vaccine is protecting me. Now, is it foolproof? No. But, you know, we can't treat people that have a difference of opinion than us as scourge of the earth. I mean, I, I think that the more people that have vaccinated, the better for, you know, the greater good. But there are conscientious decisions. And it's not all ideological. That's, that's the one thing that is so offensive is that you have people like Kathy Hochul and Mark Polencars trying to paint that only Republicans aren't getting the vaccine. Our biggest problems of getting public vaccinated are in some of our inner cities that there are very few Republican voters in. This isn't about ideology. It's about trust in government, trust in politicians forcing mandates. And that's a, that's a problem for them in the inner city. And it's a problem, you know, certainly among some conservative voters. But, you know, I, I think that most people of common sense don't look to a politician. They look to their medical professional. It is that off-year election year, but there's still some uh, big elections around the state. What are the ones that you are keeping an eye on going into this uh, final month before Election Day? Well, you know, there's, there's something that we're going to be launching into this week, and that is uh, I'll be on Staten Island on Monday to, to start our, our tour and our conversation about this. There, there are a lot of local elections that are really important on the front of the ballot. But everybody needs to be made aware because, you know, the powerful politicians that run our state have kept this very quiet. But we need everyone to get out and vote that second side of that ballot where there's there's these questions that are amendments to our state constitution. And there's three of them in particular uh, that need to be defeated. One would destroy the independent redistricting commission that was put in place in our constitution 10 years ago. Uh, and Democrats now control the whole show in Albany. They don't want to give up that power to gerrymander districts for the next 10 years. Uh, they want to strip the powers from this independent commission and, and insert their will and have the state legislature gerrymander districts. So that's one. Another one is same-day voter registration. They want anybody be, to be able to go to the polls and not prove you are who you say you are, register to vote on site, uh, no voter ID, and enter the voter rolls, fill out a ballot, and and uh, and vote. This is uh, if, if voter ID was a part of this, I wouldn't have the strong objection I do. But Democrats won't entertain the concept of voter ID because, like everything else, they say it's racist. Uh, same day voter registration puts a massive um, hole for fraud to come into our elections. That needs to be defeated. You got to vote no. And then the, the, the third item that we have great concern in is, you know, again, no voter uh, ID, but they want the no excuse absentee ballots to expand mail-in voting uh, with, 
with no regulation. This, again, opens up our system for you know fraudulent activity. We have to preserve honest elections in New York. I believe we have honest elections in New York. But the only way to keep honest elections in New York is to just say no on the back of that ballot and defeat those three referenda. Well, Nick, you've given me a question for uh, our, our guest in the next hour, Jeremy Zellner, uh, because, you know, I look at the voter ID and, as you said, Democrats usually claim that's racist, that that's not needed for a secure election. But at the same time, you need an ID to get a vaccine through the state or the county. Uh, you know, when I went to go get my vaccine both times, having to show an ID. Ha- has this been brought up to anyone on the Democrat side? Oh, you know, we've been singing to high heaven the need to have voter ID to firmly secure our elections. And we can expand, uh, you know, some of these policies that they like if there are the protections of voter ID. If you are who you say that you are, I have no problem with you voting. But it's the deception in the opening up the, um, you know, let's let's face facts. This is a state where there's a lot of room for chicanery in our elections. Uh, and, and you can transport people from one part of the state to the other. And what do you know? Same day voter registration. They're going to sign up, uh, it, it, God knows where, what apartment building and vote in the election and they get throw the, the results. Now, Jeremy Zellner will say, oh no, you got to support all these great initiatives because that's, that's what they want. They want to legalize rigged elections, but ask Jeremy Zellner this, when he has his election for a county chairman, do the committeemen, when they walk into the door, have to show their identification? I, I want to go back to that number one, because it's something I wanted to talk to you about, and that is redistricting. What's, what's the question again, and, and what are the, two, what are the uh, choices for the redistricting uh, question? Yeah, all, these, all these are yes-no propositions. They have some very flowery language, uh, which I will not bore you with, but the, the end result is that they essentially will strip the the second party's voice out of the independent redistricting commission right now this commission exists it's going to have field hearings starting in buffalo i believe a week from wednesday and it is putting plans together to handle redistricting the state legislature wants to rip it from their hands and do it the old-fashioned way which is let the politicians in power in albany pick the district lines um that this this referenda would allow them to do this in very easy fashion, and they, and they, they will. That's why, you know, people, if you want fair elections, if you want to keep honest elections in New York, you got to vote no on all of these referenda. You know, because I, I look at we had George Maziars in here a few weeks ago talking about the uh, the redistricting. And, and, you know, all I can think of, Nick, is well, you already have people leaving the state and redistricting the state again because of the uh, – uh, of the census, it, it just seems like it, it would equal more people leaving New York State. There's, again, this is the, the flow that continues. We have to cauterize the wound. We have to stop the bleeding. You know, we have to have balance in Albany. And, that, you know, that's why we're working towards 2022 to elect a Republican governor of this state, because, you know, we, we could win back the majority in the Senate, and that would be an important goal. But it's not going to drive the agenda. The executive in this state drives the agenda. Uh, and, and if we elect Lee Zeldin as the next Republican governor of this state, he can drive change again in New York. So things, you know, we don't, aren't just submitting to the left wing's whims. 
I mean, that's the problem is New York has become this laboratory for terrible policies that are being dreamt up by people that are half, three quarters or all the way socialist, uh, you know, at the national level, want to drive these things into New York. And, and you're watching our state crumble. You're watching people continue to leave. They're going to price people into submission where they're just like, the hell with it. I'm going to Florida. I'm going to Tennessee. I'm going to the Carolinas. It's happening every day. You and I and everybody listening knows people that are having this conversation right now at the kitchen table on, on whether or not they have a viable future in the state of New York. We can change this. It doesn't have to be this way, folks. You, you can't just keep voting the same way over and over and over in the state and expect different results. I don't care how much Kathy smiles or shows up or, you know, she's in Buffalo more than any governor is because she happens to also live here. She's a puppet of that movement, and she needs to be defeated. Nick, I got one more question for you, and the, I know the Republican Party is not involved in this uh, in this race, but I'd like your input. The uh, Buffalo mayoral race, where By- Mayor Byron Brown is writing a is running a writing campaign against India Walton. Uh, what do you think of what's going on in the city of Buffalo less than a month before Election Day? Well, I, I've been you know watching the ads when I'm happen to be home. Uh, and, you know, I was very shocked as anybody when the primary results came in. Uh, you know, we have to stop socialism at all levels. I mean, that, this, is, this is what, you know, I think most of us feel a charge to keep nationwide. I mean, you're trying to preserve our country and what we stand for and our form of government, our form of an economy um, in fighting socialism, which is creeping in. And, you know, as Ronald Reagan used to say, you know, we're only one generation away from the end of democracy if things don't go right. Uh, we, have to, we have to watch races like this very quickly because you're, you're seeing people in these socialist movements going in the lower echelons of government and trying to take over. We see it around the state in villages and cities. Uh, the New York City Council, there's several avowed socialists getting elected there. I mean, probably Bill de Blasio is the biggest example of that. You know, if you like the job he's done for New York City, then maybe India Walton's a good choice for you. But if you want you know, common sense, uh, and, and maybe Mayor Brown hasn't been all things to all people. But, you know, Buffalo's a better place today than it was 15 years ago. I know that much. That was New York State GOP Chairman Nick Langworthy. When we come back, we are talking with Lynn Dixon, who is running for Erie County Comptroller here on Hardline on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, yes, and we'll be back with BMAZ and Beamer tomorrow at 9 a.m. You don't want to miss that. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN Sunday morning. Not a game day, though. Have to wait another day for that as the Bills play on Monday Night Football. Not a huge fan of that, but that's neither here nor there. Continuing our show uh, today, we are talking to Lynn Dixon. Now, Lynn is running for Erie County Comptroller in less than a month on Election Day. Lynn, good morning. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Doing well this morning. Uh, Let's start on what's going on in the county and something that happened this week that I'd like to get uh, your take on. Then we'll go into some stadium talk as well. But it was announced about the renovations that will be done to the convention center um, the county will be doing. Uh, What are your thoughts on putting that focus and that money on the convention center? Well, you know, uh, I said all along that obviously, you know, the convention center is outdated, but we don't get conventions. They don't book convention business uh, like they used to. It's it's a very different world that we're living in right now. Um, we have to ask ourselves as a community, what are our most pressing needs and what are the most important things that we that we take care of? Because we can't do it all. We, you know, you, you talk about um, the many different projects and the many different things in the wish list um, that we have here in Western New York, you can't do it all. So would a a new convention center be great, be cool, whatever? Sure. But can we afford a new convention center when we're talking about all these other projects as well? Uh, I don't know uh, that that that's the best use of taxpayer dollars, to be honest with you. And so, um, you know, Doing some more renovations to the convention center to br- to try and bring it up to speed more. It's you know directly across the street from the Statler, which Doug Jamal has done a wonderful job in continuing that renovation. And so, uh, you know, to to complement um, the old with the new a little bit um, is is you know it makes more sense at this point than all this discussion about building a new convention center that I I know many people would still like. Um, but the fact remains that you know studies have been done over the years that um, that conventions aren't what they used to be, and that you compete with you know these big cities that have these big convention centers. We don't have uh, a lot of you know direct flights in and out of Buffalo, which is another deterrent for bringing conventions to Buffalo in the first place. So uh, at this point, you know, doing some renovations to the convention center. Uh, rather than um, still can still you know have discussions about building a new convention center is probably a more appropriate um, position at this point. Lynn, talking about the county and, and the money the county spends and where they spend it, uh, we saw this study from the state uh, that really pointed to the state's desire to put the stadium downtown uh, Buffalo. Do you think putting a stadium downtown Buffalo is in Erie County's best interest? 
Well, I will say that the experience that is had out in Orchard Park is very unique to Buffalo. And what we do, what what decisions end up being made, you know, have to take a lot of things into account. Uh, it's because you're not just talking about putting a stadium. You're talking about the the ability to bring the traffic in and out. So you're you're doing a lot more than plunking a stadium down in the middle of the city. You have to account for parking. You have to account for uh, the travel in and out and the commutes for for the fans every Sunday. Um, so those are things that need to be considered. And again, I think that Orchard Park presents itself a very unique experience. Look, this is going to be a very, uh, what I do think needs to happen is there needs to be a fair amount of transparency here in this discussion because you are talking about um, spending your dollars to build this new stadium. And whether it's a partnership with the Pagulas where they chip in a certain amount and the state puts in a certain amount, uh, however that works out, at the end of the day, you are going to be called upon to help fund a new stadium. And if there is no transparency, and I will say this, that when I was in the Erie County Legislature, the last time this came up with the lease deal, uh, there was very little transparency. There was very little that was brought over to us ahead of time that we were able to review and to comment on and to look into. And that was really unfortunate. I think that the county legislature needs to have some very open and honest discussions. I think that they need to have a lot of public comment on this. I think that the public deserves the right to have a say and to, you know, into which direction that we go if they are going to be asking the public to help fund a new stadium. Now, Lynn, you talked about the stadium being the city, the stadium being in Orchard Park. Where do you feel the stadium, if it, hold on, let me rephrase that. You talk about the stadium in Orchard Park, and I agree, the, the, the experience is unrelatable. I mean, you can't go really anywhere else and get the experience you get in Orchard Park, and that's including most college uh, atmospheres. But um, we talk about, all the talk is new stadium, new stadium, new stadium. Do you think the county should be looking at ways to keep the current stadium and avoid building a new stadium? You know, I have been to a lot of NFL football stadiums over the years from my previous career. And I will say that to me, the experiences that you get with these older stadiums, uh, you can't compare. It's it's a very unique experience to go to these uh, stadiums that are steeped in tradition. And I think one of, you know, the NFL has become pretty corporate. <laughs> And when you are building these new stadiums all the time, it seems like a stadium goes up and they spend billions of dollars to do this. And then a decade later, they're saying it's antiquated. And it's Buffalo Bills fans are among the best in the league. They're dedicated. They're devoted. They've seen this team through good times, through bad times. They want to see football. They want to see old-fashioned football football. They want to cheer for their team. They want to tailgate beforehand. They want to tailgate after. They want that whole experience. And when we start talking about building new, shiny new things every 10 years, and when we start talking about, uh, you know, the personal seat licenses and all those things, it takes away from that true 
old-fashioned experience. And it's really unfortunate that with professional football, that it has become all about uh, the bottom line. And, and the fans are oftentimes forgotten. The Bills Mafia, there are none better in the NFL. And it, it's, you know, the fact that they keep having, they keep doing this in every, in every city where there's an NFL franchise. And then there's a threat to leave if a new stadium's not built. So a new stadium gets built. And then 10 years later, there's another threat to leave. It's just, when does it end? I just wish at some point that the NFL would just say, you know, embrace the, the fans, you know, give the fans credit for being there through thick and through thin and put them first. Lynn, I want to talk a little bit a little bit about the county executive uh, Mark Polunkars. Last week, he um, vetoed a bill that would allow minors, twelve and thirteen year olds, to go hunting with their parents, um, even though it passed the legislature with crossover votes uh, from both sides of the aisle. Uh, what did you think about the county executive's double veto? He vetoed uh, it twice. Um, the hunting bill. I've always said we need checks and balances in government. We need voices from more than one person. And the challenge sometimes when you see uh, the administration veto something is you feel like, and especially when something that has been passed, you know, in a, in a bar, bipartisan manner from the legislature and then it's vetoed, it, 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 I think it sends a wrong message about representing all of Erie County Residents, and when you think about what this bill states, you are really just you are helping to teach young people proper use, and it's a great educational component of helping them to appreciate uh, the magnitude of what they're holding in their hand and what they and, and how to operate it correctly and how to operate it safely, and so. It's unfortunate that the administration chose to veto something that had bipartisan support and was the voice of the majority of Erie County citizens. Sticking with the uh, county executive for one more question, we see these vaccine mandates, and I know we talked a little bit about this last time we uh, we spoke, but seeing the county executive put the uh, vaccine mandates at the stadium and at the arena, do you think that was an overreach uh, for for him in that position? Well, I don't see anyone, anybody else doing that. I don't see that happening anywhere else. So I think that you know, speaks volumes. Uh, I think that you know people are are doing their very best to stay safe, to stay healthy, to keep uh, those who are vulnerable and most at risk safe around them. And uh, you know, people were told if they got the um, um, the vaccine or if they had had COVID um, that they were building immunity. And so, that you know, when you look around the league and you don't see it happening anywhere else and it's happening here um you know i think that that action speaks for itself does that go for all government mandates you know i I think there's a there's a difference between a private business or even an nfl team owner uh saying this is the mandate for our uh, our business or for our games do you think there's a difference between that and someone in government doing it and really the government putting mandates on anyone other than you know, those in government is an overreach, not just for um, sports stadiums? Well, again, I think business owners 
uh, are doing their very best to keep their employees safe. If it's a private business, I think that for you know, the most part that these business owners uh, want to do what's right by their employees and are going to do what's right by the employees, it becomes very difficult when you are told what to do in every action of your life from the time that you wake up in the morning to the time you put your head on the pillow at night. And, you know, I am not... Um, suggesting for one second that there isn't this danger out there or that there's not, you know, I, I, people very close to me have been impacted by it, but, um, but so that's, so we take the necessary steps that we need to, to keep people safe. And I think business owners are, I think in your house, I think, you know, if you wanted to have seven people instead of six, you know, last year at Thanksgiving time, there was, um, there was a lot of concern about, you know, people being told how many they could have over at the Thanksgiving dinner table. And it was, it was, it was strange to me, the, the notion that I can't have all my family over and that I might get in trouble for having my family over to my house uh, was troubling when we were doing anything that we needed to do to keep each other safe. I, I just, it, it's, it's, I understand people's concerns and I understand that there's a frustration that just continues to build with everything that we're dealing with. Because I think, as I mentioned to you last time, this isn't going away. So how do we best coexist? I just had a conversation with somebody the other day, Joe, who who's, uh, has a child who's really struggling right now and, and they have them involved in, in some you know, counseling and things because of, of everything that's going on, you know, they, they weren't able to go to school, so they were online, and they weren't performing as well. Um, their sports and their other activities were taken away from them because of all this, and so all the things that brought them joy um, were taken away from them, and they were really struggling. So we have to realize that there are other impacts to this as well. It's not just, it's you can't just say, we're going to close things down, we're going to do this, and we're going to keep everybody safe from, from COVID. There are other impacts of this, uh, and people have to be mindful of that, and the government has to be mindful of that when making these decisions. Lynn, you know, last time I asked you about uh, Kathy Hochul, well, a few weeks have passed. What do you think of the governor's uh, performance as governor um, in her first almost two months in the position? Well, again, uh, she is a Western New Yorker. So at the end of the day, I hope that she will keep in mind many of the voices that have spoken to her over the years, many of those who have supported her in her previous races uh, for clerk, for town board, uh, for Congress. And remember the message that Western New Yorkers had for her. We are unique and we are different from downstate and from New York City. Certainly in some respects, there are similarities, but we are, you know, we, we, we are different too. And we cannot be forgotten about in the bigger equation that you know, Western New York needs to be considered in state legislation and in actions uh, when you have downstate representation that dominates the assembly and that dominates the Senate. Um, to have a Western New Yorker as governor would be the great equalizer uh, in getting our voices heard a little bit more. And so I hope that she is cognizant of what we need and what we want and what we expect uh, from our state government, because it's not always the same 
as what New York City would want. You know, Len, uh, your election or election day um, is less than a month away, and obviously you are on the ballot. But in the city of Buffalo, we have Mayor Byron Brown um, facing India Walton in a write-in campaign. What do you think about the mayoral race in the city of Buffalo? Well, I think uh, Byron Brown is putting forth a very spirited, aggressive, and concerted effort uh, to get the vote out. I think he has a lot of support behind that. I think you go to some sections of Buffalo and you see lots and lots of Byron Brown signs, and I think people are motivated uh, to get out and to vote. And I think that there is going to be a larger turnout in the city. I think people are motivated um, to do so. And and I think that he stands an excellent chance um, based on uh, the support that I've seen around him, also based on the efforts that they are putting forth to ensure that not only do people go in and write his name down, but they do it in a way um, and they educate the public and they educate his supporters uh, on the proper way to do it, because I'm certain that every ballot will be challenged. Uh, and so they have to make sure that it's it's done appropriately. But it's certainly going to uh, draw out um, a, a much larger than usual uh, turnout in the city for sure. And with that turnout in the city, uh, we are going to see a lot more Democrat voters turn out than usually would if there wasn't two Democrats running against each other in the mayoral election. Um, What is the strategy for Republicans like you to flip some of those Democrat voters to vote Republican uh, in your race? Well, uh, you know, India Walton is the endorsed Democrat now. She is the Democrat candidate for Buffalo mayor. Uh, And I think that people more than ever now will go searching on ballots to to mark down the candidate that they would prefer. I will say that my opponent, uh, you know, to to city of Buffalo residents who tend to just vote party line, my opponent was a lifelong Republican who went to CPAC every year, who uh, you know, supported uh, the campaigns of ultra conservative uh, presidential uh, candidates. Um, my opponent made tens of thousands of dollars being a political consultant. Um, and when, uh, struck a deal for himself and I, you know, and I, I don't say that lightly, but when you get into politics, when you get into government and you get into public service, you're supposed to be serving the people that you represent. You're not supposed to be serving yourself. And when you make deals behind closed doors that serve you and don't serve the people you represent, then I have a problem with that. And so the people that are going to be voting in the city, you need to know that, you know, who's out there, who's going to be looking out for you and who's going to be looking out for themselves. That was Lynn Dixon. She is running for Erie County Comptroller. Coming up next, a whole nother hour of Hardline. Stay tuned. We'll be back after the news here on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.